0: We're in week three of this series called Rise Up, and it's time to lean in, all right? So let's wake up. Let's get going here. Look at the person next to you and say, you're looking good. You're looking good. Let's make this happen now. You're looking good. Uh, and that applies to everybody. That's right here in Goshen. That's in Mishawaka, St. Pete, Nashville. If you're online and you're sitting by somebody watching this on the couch, make sure you tell them they're looking good. Even if you're maybe just got out of bed, you got the bedhead thing going on, it doesn't matter. You look good. You look good. Uh, I'm really, really glad that we are all able to be here today and to lean into what God has for us. Uh, today, we're talking about something that is really, really important. And it's not uh, its not one of those exciting sermons, it's not one of those exciting topics, but it's really, Really important. We're talking about what it means to be consistent. We're talking about the consistent leader. And in the book of Judges, what we're going through right now, we're seeing different leaders that God called upon at at the time that He needed them to rise up and lead the charge where He wanted His people to go. And that's really important to recognize that fact because God is always looking for leaders. He's always looking for people who He can call upon to rise up in the moment that He needs them. moment that you were created for. And I want to challenge you today, you have gifts and abilities that God has given you that he created for just this moment. He's created a a moment and and a calling and a purpose just for you in this moment that he's prepared from the beginning of time. It says in Ephesians 2.10 that we have all been given these gifts and abilities for just this moment that he has prepared us for. And I want to encourage you to rise up. Whatever challenge it is that that God is asking you to rise up to, don't shrink away from that. Remember, you've got to be confident. Remember who you are. Uh, You've got to be committed. This is who I am. That's what we've learned from Joshua. That's what we've learned from Gideon. And today we're learning from the most unlikely of heroes. That would be Samson. Anybody know the story of Samson? I mean, some of you are kind of chuckling right now. Big guy, kind of picture the rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson. He's kind of that kind of a looking guy. Uh, And Samson is an interesting story in the Bible because when you talk about consistent leadership, that is not Samson. We're learning today from a bad example, all right? We're just, just brace yourself. We're learning today from a bad example. Don't do what Samson did, but it gives us the opportunity to lean in and to really think about what it is in our life that can benefit from this principle of being consistent, Honestly, at the end of the day, consistency, it's like the highest paid skill that nobody talks about. It's the one thing that makes more of a difference than anybody is willing to admit, Uh, but nobody talks about it because it's not flashy. It's not exciting. You're not going to see that flash on your social media feed, like consistency, six steps to staggering success in 17 seconds. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about here today. This is the day in, day out discipline. The steps that it takes where you lean in and you are intentional about doing specific things, having specific processes, having specific disciplines that are going to help you become the person that God created you to be. It's doing the hard things, even when you don't feel like it. It's consistency, day in, day out, week in, week out, intentionally leaning into those moments where you are doing everything you can to set the table for yourself to experience the success that God has for you and to fulfill the calling that he has prepared you for. It's not flashy, it's not exciting, but consistency wins the day. And in life, you're going to experience pain. I hate that. I hate that. That's true, but it's true. Like, just, listen. You already told them they're looking good. Look at the person next to you and just say it. You're going to experience pain. All right. Just go ahead and do it. It's not as fun. You're going to experience pain, and I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sometimes that pain is a really long, boring sermon. If that's you today, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The pain though that we're going to experience is dependent on us. We get to choose. And I want to challenge you with this thought. We're going to start here and we're going to finish here today. You are going to either experience the pain of discipline or you are going to experience the pain of regret. Let me say it one more time. You are either going to experience the pain of discipline, which is the foundation for consistency, or you are going to experience the pain of regret. Let me unpack that for just a second. When we talk about experiencing the pain of discipline, that means Every day you are being committed, you're you're making that consistent choice and that intentional choice to do something that's difficult, to do something that you don't necessarily feel like doing. You get up at 4.30 to work out. Who does that? Oh, my goodness gracious. Not me. I don't do that. It's pretty obvious. Uh, But, but... There are people who lean into that, that's their rhythm, that's their routine, and you either experience the pain of that discipline, and go, I'm going to work out, I'm going to get fit, or you experience the pain of regret, you know, at 11 o'clock at night, eating ice cream, going, why am I so fat? <laughs> it's one of those pains, you got to choose which pain you're going to experience, right? <laughs> Can we get a little bit more serious, though? Um, the pain of, of discipline, hey, I'm, I'm going to commit to having consistent habits and traits in my daily life where... I'm going to lean into my marriage. I'm going to be the best husband, be the best wife that I can be. You're going to either experience the pain of that discipline, not always feeling like that's what I want to do, but you're going to have a stronger marriage, or you're going to have the pain of regret. I never did those things. I didn't invest in my marriage, and now my marriage is in shambles pain of discipline, pain of regret. The pain of saying as a parent, oh man, I'm exhausted. It's been a long day, but there are my kids and I've got them for this short window of time where they're under my roof and I can invest in them. Am I going to be intentional about the time that I have with them and spend time investing in them? Or am I just going to go turn on the game and relax and turn off my brain, right? It's the pain of discipline, pain of intentionality, or the pain of regret. When it comes to your relationship with God, that's the most significant thing. It's It's the pain of discipline, consistently spending time with Jesus, talking with him in prayer, spending time in his word, listening to his voice, honestly at the end of the day, when we talk about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, I would challenge you today. It's not so much about the knowledge. The knowledge is really, really important. Don't don't miss that. But it's about what you do with that. Really, discipleship, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, it all boils down to one thing. It's obedience. And obedience is not always fun, right? It's not always the easy path. In fact, it rarely is. But in life, you're going to experience the pain of discipline or you're going to experience the pain of regret. And you're going to reach the end of your life and you're going to look back and you're either going to realize, man, I consistently had patterns in my life that helped me live into the potential and the calling that that God had for me. Or you're going to have the pain of regret realizing, man, I missed a lot of opportunities. I squandered a lot of moments. Because I didn't live consistently, I didn't lean into those moments, and I was not intentional in building habits and processes in my life that helped me become the person that God created me to be. You're going to experience one of those pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you today to think about what it means to experience and lean into the pain of discipline, because it is worth it every time. If you're going to have to choose one of those pains, and I believe we all have to choose one of them, man, I challenge you, choose the pain of discipline because that is the one that pays huge dividends. That, how, that is how you live into the life that God created you for. That is how you live life to the fullest. It's not easy. It's actually doing the difficult things. It's doing them when you don't feel like it. But that's what changes everything. And the thing about consistency, the reason nobody talks about it is, again, because it's not flashy. It's, in fact, it's one of the most invisible traits that you will ever have because nobody really sees consistency. And yet, I bet most of us in our lives have people that we've looked forward to, people whose shoulders that we stood on, who were who they were because they were consistent in their life. You look at that person, that person is a hero to you, not because of anything magnificent that they did, just that it's day in, day out, those people were consistently doing what they were supposed to do, consistently doing what was right, consistently and intentionally growing in who they were. Those are the people who who changed the world. And every one of us can choose to be consistent. Not all of us have these amazing gifts and abilities. You look at all these talented people around you and go, man, that'd be amazing to have those gifts. It's consistency that wins the day and every one of us can choose what pain we're going to experience the pain of discipline or the pain of regret with Samson he started well That's the thing about Samson. We're going to talk about him today. He's the judge that God called upon to rise up and and to deliver and protect his people who at that moment in time, the Israelites had turned away from God yet again. That was their cycle. And now the Philistines were the people who were ruling over them. And God rose Samson up to be a thorn in the side of the Philistines to cause them problems and to encourage his people that he was still with them. And Samson, he started well. It, It says this in Judges 13. It says, in those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink nor eat any forbidden food. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. And his hair must never be cut. For he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Now, this is significant. This is something that was special and unique in the biblical times. This Nazarite vow was something that separated yourself to God. You would not ever cut your hair, so it would get ridiculously long, right? Uh, You would never drink anything that was alcoholic. Part of the the deal was you never touch anything that is dead. It's just kind of these weird things that, that set you apart. And yet at the end of the day, because you do these things, because you adhere to these principles, you are separated. You have set yourself apart to be used by God. And what's crazy about that is that at the end of the, at the, end of the day, that idea that, that surrounds the idea of, of separating yourself to God is really this idea of holiness. That, that's really at the end of the day what, what it means when we say that you are holy. And because God had a plan for Samson, God was with Samson. Make no mistake, from the very beginning, God was with Samson. He did some extraordinary things, mind you. And for some good reading, just read Judges 13 through 16, because it's an amazing story. Part of Samson's story is he's walking along with his parents. He's found a lady that he wants to marry. And as they're walking, it says a lion jumps out of the of the bushes around them and attacks them. And Samson, it says, just grabs the lion and rips Set apart with his hands. <laughs> Remember that one time we were walking down County Road 17? <laughs> and that lion jumped out at us. Remember that? That was awesome. Remember when I grabbed that lion or ripped the not today, lion. <laughs> that never happens. That never happens never happens. Samson did that. No big deal. It's like, all right, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, weird story. He went to go get married, had a falling out because they figured out a weird riddle that he had done. He got tricked by his new bride and had given the secret answer and he owed these guys 30 garments of clothing. And so it says that the Samson went and killed 30 Philistines and gave their clothes to the guys as the, as the prize. And it's like, what's going on here? And he's angry and he leaves and they say, all right, well, the engagement's over. I guess that's not his wife after all he comes back to to consume you know his marriage and make that real and his wife has been given to another man he's furious and it says he takes 300 foxes he ties torches to their tails and sets them loose in all of the crops of the philistines burns all of their crops to the ground they lose everything like samson what's wrong with this guy this is weird this is weird who is this how did he catch 300 foxes i have so many questions (laughs) What does the fox say? Ow, ow, ow. I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. We still don't know what the fox says after all these years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you like that one more than I thought you would. Okay. All right. Uh, he gets He gets to this place where they say, Samson ruined our crops. We want him. And the people of Israel are like, we don't want to fight with you. We'll give you Samson. So they bring Samson and with a jawbone of a donkey. He finds a jawbone of a donkey on the side of the road. He picks that up and he kills a thousand men with a jawbone of a donkey. This guy is Chuck Norris before Chuck Norris. This is amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. And the thing about Samson, I, I have a feeling that this is not biblical, there's no, th- no reason to back this up, but I feel like he was just kind of one of those guys. You either loved him or you hated him, all right? Because he kills all these guys, and it says he's kind of standing there with his jawbone of his donkey, you know, and he says, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have made donkeys of these men. With the jawbone of a donkey, I killed a thousand of them. Like, who is he talking to? I have no idea. I have no idea. He's just like, ha, ha, ha. I'm pretty awesome. Okay. Who's going to argue with that? They were probably like, You're the best, Sam. It's a great job. It's like Gaston. He's Gaston. That's what it is. He's Gaston. That just came to me in real time. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> So Samson, in in all the weirdness of his story, is kind of an eccentric guy that he was. He had all this strength, all this might, and he did these crazy things. And it says in Judges that he ruled the people of Israel for 20 years. He was their protector. He was the guy that they would rally around. He was the guy that that would lead them and keep the Philistines at bay. But the thing about Samson is he started well, But man, he did not finish well, not at all. And that's where this idea of consistency comes. It's so incredibly important that we stay consistent. It's the invisible way that we achieve the success that God has for It's consistency. Day in, day out, I'm choosing the disciplined life. I'm choosing to do the difficult things. I'm choosing to do them even when I don't feel like it. When I become lazy in my inner life, in my private life behind the scenes, when I don't have the habits that I need and the rhythms and the routines that are intentionally helping me go uphill, and achieve the dreams and the purpose that God has for me. It's going to catch up to us. And it caught up to Samson. It's the, it's the one step at a time daily life that's going to get you where you want to go. It's not the flash. It's not the, the amazing, exciting moments. Everybody loves the exciting and amazing moments. But it's the behind the scenes, the rhythm, the consistency. That is really where all of the magic happens. I, I had a friend. A few years ago, I was able to climb Mount Kilimanjaro uh, in Africa. It's the highest freestanding mountain in the world. It's over 19,000 feet tall. And when you think about taking on like, that kind of an adventure and, and that type of feat, it's like, how do you climb a 19,000-foot mountain? Well, the answer is, in short, it's one step at a time. There's no place on Mount Kilimanjaro where you have to you know, pull out you know, the old Tom Cruise moment and hang there by one hand and be like, ah! I'm going to do this. It's not like that. There's actually a pretty easy trail that you can walk up Kilimanjaro and make it to the top. What the key to success is with Kilimanjaro is actually the pace. You have to intentionally go really slow. Because if you go too fast, you can't take the the altitude, the oxygen, the lack of it is going to catch up to you. It's going to get to you. The trick to climbing Kilimanjaro is to just really Take your time. And that's the worst part of it. It it takes forever. It takes days to walk up because you have to go slow. If you try to rush it, if you try to do things too fast, those are the people who can't make it. They have to come back down because they haven't acclimated. It's one step at a time, one intentional step. And I think every step sometimes is probably more difficult than the one before it. But after time, the consistency pays off, You've climbed enough steps that all of a sudden, without really a ton of effort, just taking your time, you've, you've reached the top of the mountain. I, I believe that's what consistency really is. You're doing it. Day in, day out, you've got the rhythm, you've got the process, you've got the system in place behind the scenes where you're being intentional about your life, and you're choosing to experience the pain of discipline so that you can avoid experiencing the pain of regret. I think that's where God calls all of us to be. I mean, it starts with commitment, right? And we talked about this a couple weeks ago with Joshua. As for me and my family, we are going to serve the Lord. That's where you start. There's no better start than that. You say yes to Jesus. That's where the journey begins. You walk with confidence. We talked about that that last week with Gideon. You are a child of God. You are the bearer of his image. You are dearly and deeply loved by him. You might see yourself as a zero. God sees you as a mighty hero. Go, stand in the presence of God. Stand knowing who you are and and go with confidence. I think the next step of that is just being consistent day in and day out. That is how you get from here to there. And Samson did not have that going on for him. He did not have the right rhythms. He did not have the right practices. He was not disciplined at all. In fact, while Samson obviously had physical strength, his strength was not equally you know, spread out in his life because morally, he was really weak. And it finally caught up to him. I think it's probably after 20 years of just success, doing things on his own terms, talking about how amazing he is, that he finally fell into the traps that were set before him. Consistency, what we realize, it requires holiness. And that means that I am setting myself apart to God. That was the Nazarite vow that Samson was living under. That was God's plan for him from the beginning. Samson, you will be set apart for me. And as weird as it sounds, Samson, the way that you show that, you never cut your hair. That's going to be the source of your strength. There are certain things that I don't want you to do. Separate yourself from the culture, separate yourself from the things of the world. Focus on me. These are the ways that you set yourself apart to me. Those were the rules that Samson was supposed to follow. But he didn't stay consistent, he didn't stay focused on God. It says this in Judges 16. One day Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Wait, what? What's going on here? Okay, so he's distracted, all right? He wasn't disciplined. He went into moral failure, all right? So it says, word soon spread that Samson was there. So the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the town gates. They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, when the light of morning comes, we will kill him. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. Then he got up, took hold of the doors of the town gate, including the two posts, lifted them up, bar and all. He put them on his shoulders and carried them all the way to the top of the hill across from Hebron. Again, this is wild, all right? I don't know anybody who does this. Nobody does. But now, notice what's happening here. Samson has now started using his strength Really not for anything that has to do with giving God the glory or, you know, being a deliverer of of Israel. Samson is now using his strength that has been given him by God to just kind of defend his own actions, to tell everybody to keep their distance. I'm going to do my own thing. You leave me alone. There's a shift here. It's very real. So Samson has taken this turn where because he lacked the discipline behind the scenes, the consistency that that God had planned for him, that's that's how he would have lived to the fullest of who he was and the plan that God had for him. Because he wasn't consistent, because he wasn't disciplined, now his life has taken a turn. Holiness is really not part of the equation right now. He's focused on himself. He's not focused on serving God. He's using his power for his own good to fulfill his own desires. He's on a, a path that's not going to lead anywhere good. And so it goes on to say in verse 4, it says, Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sorek. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, Entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Okay, so they're realizing they might have a chance to break Samson down. Because at this point, Samson, he's no longer focused on God. He's, he's not being holy. And at this point in his life, he's no longer being humble either. Remember, consistency requires humility. And at this point in his life, Samson has now been blinded by pride. Plain and simple. He's been focusing on his own strength. He's been focusing on what he can do. And honestly, he's at his weakest point because he's, he's taken his focus off of God. He still appears to be strong. Everything still seems to be together. But he's fallen apart. He's in a precarious position because he's not stayed holy. He has not stayed humble. He's become blinded by pride. And I think if you are inconsistent over time, it's kind of the slow leak of character, right? You never intend to end up the places where where sin takes you, but we all end up there if we allow that to fester and grow in our lives. Sin will always take you farther than you ever thought it would, every single time. No one is immune from that. But because Samson was so strong, blinded by his pride, he continued down that path thinking he could control it, thinking everything was okay. But they got to him through Delilah. So here's what happens. I mean, you know how this story goes. Delilah's like, Samson, 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 tell me the secret to your strength. She started wearing him down. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Case in point, when we were first married, we were broke. We had zero dollars. Somehow, within the first year of our marriage, Dana had herself a brand new Volkswagen Beetle. I still don't know how that happened. She, she wore me down. Am I alone here? Am I the only guy who's giving into this? Just me? Me and Samson. Okay. <laughs> Delilah starts wearing him down. She's got this amazing offer. They were giving her a lot of money to get the answer to Samson's strength. And here's what happens. Remember, he's not holy. He's not focused on God anymore. He's blinded by his pride. He's not humble. What happens? She says, Samson, tell me the secret you're using." He says, well, I tell you what. If you tie me with, with seven new bowstrings, I can't break them. Then my, my spirit is gone. So he goes to sleep. She ties him up with the seven bowstrings. Samson, the Philistines are coming. He gets up, breaks him off, kills some more Philistines. She's crying and angry. You didn't really tell me the secret. All right, all right. If it's tied with new ropes, that's what it is. Same thing happens. She wakes him up. The Philistines are here. He's tied up in new ropes. He breaks them, kills some more Philistines. She's weeping now. You don't truly love me. Notice the jump that it takes in the storyline. He goes from ropes to actually getting close to the hair. He says, if you braid my hair this certain way, That'll take my strength from me. So he falls asleep again the third time. She braids his hair. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He gets up just like before and kills him. And finally, she's had enough. She's saying, you don't love me. There's no way this relationship continues if you're not going to be honest with me. She's about to get a new Volkswagen Beetle. That's how it happens. And (laughs) And then he breaks down. He actually says, all right, fine, fine. If you shave my head, cut off my hair, My strength will leave. I'm a Nazirite. That's the vow that I have made from the beginning of my life. It's never been cut. My strength will be gone. It says this in verse 18. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth. So she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with their money in their hands Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap, and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free, but he didn't realize the Lord had left him. This is the moment of his doom. It's all gone. Everything has changed, and it's all because he didn't have the inner discipline. I say this again. You'll either have the pain of discipline or you'll have the pain of regret. And Samson, he lost everything because he wasn't consistent. And I want to challenge you with this idea today. Consistency requires holiness. You've got to set yourself apart, stay focused on, on who you are, who God is calling you to be. I'm going to be obedient to that. Consistency requires humility. You can't allow your, your pride to get in the way. Because you'll be blinded by your pride. But you've got to also be honest. That's what consistency is. It requires honesty every single day. It requires that you surround yourself with people who will encourage you and hold you accountable and help you stay on the right path. Because Samson's doom was a combination of all of these things. It was a progression that was inconsistent. And the consistent inconsistency finally got him. Because no longer was he holy. No longer was he humble. No longer was he being honest. He actually got to the place where he told Delilah, this this is the source of my strength. If you do this, it'll leave. But did he really believe that? Because he knew what was going to happen. I think he just kind of bought the lie that he was his own man. He could do this on his own strength. And then the power of God, it left him. And what you see here is Samson did not finish well. It did not end well for him. And they came in. They beat him down. It says they gouged out his eyes. They blinded him, and they put him in the prison where he did the work of a donkey. Remember how he said, "Hey, with a jockey, donkey's jawbone, I made donkeys of them." Ha, <laughs> Aren't I a great poet? Yes, Gaston, you're the best. <laughs> what he ended up doing was the job of a donkey in the prison. It all came full circle. He lost his strength. He lost his sight. He lost his status. He lost everything. And it was because he was inconsistent. I mean, the one redeeming thing about Samson is that his hair started to grow back. That's real life. His hair started to grow back. He started to get his strength. And it says at the end of, of Samson's story, they, they brought him into their huge temple, the, the temple of Dagon. And they were going to mock him and, and have him perform strengths of, or feat, uh, feats of strength for them. And uh, the final thing that Samson did was he went to the pillars that supported the temple where thousands of the Philistines were. And, and he asked God to give him strength one more time. It's like this amazing moment at the end of his life where he says, God, would you just give me your presence, give me your power one more time? And let me die with the Philistines. And he pushes the pillars apart. The temple collapses. And it says that in that moment when Samson died, he killed more Philistines in that moment than he did his entire life. Crazy, crazy story, but a tragic ending that was completely unnecessary. Could have been completely avoided if, if he was just consistent. He didn't finish well. And I want to I challenge you today. What do we learn from this? Well, a good start helps. But the good finish is up to you. And consistency is the main piece of that equation. And I just want to hit this, this phrase one more time. You will either experience the pain of discipline in your life or you will experience the pain of regret. you got to choose which one of those you're going to experience. We all have uphill dreams and downhill habits. It's always difficult to choose the right path that God has called for us. It's never the easy path. But if you have the discipline and you choose the pain of discipline, you will avoid the the pain of regret through the the course of your life. And I want to challenge you to lean in today. Do the difficult things. Even when you don't feel like it, lean into spending time with Jesus every day. Lean into spending time with your kids, spending time with your spouse, becoming the person that God created you to be. There's, There's things all around us that require discipline, that require intentionality, And if you can focus on those things, if you can allow yourself to stay holy, focused on who God is, who he's calling you to be. If you can stay humble, that's always recognizing, Jesus, I need you. And if you can just be honest, these are the areas where I'm doing well, these are the areas where I'm not. I need to focus on these areas. That's gonna keep you on the right track and consistently day in and day out, step by step, you're gonna become the person that God created you to be. And that's what I want for all of us. I don't want us just to have a good start. I want all of us to finish well. I want all of us to stand before God after we've taken our last breath and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what it's all about. And I encourage you, lean in, lean in, do the difficult things step by step, day by day. That's how you're going to achieve the calling and the purpose that God has placed on your life. And so I ask you this question as we come to a close today, how do I want to finish? What does that look like? What do I want the end to look like me with the final chapter, the final day when I stand before God? How do I want to finish? And I encourage you today to take those steps, to put this idea of consistency into practice in your life so that day by day, little by little, step by step, you can become the person that God created you to be. You can fulfill the purpose and the plan that he has for you. A good start matters. Man, a good start is really important. And I want to just say this today, a good start is possible today. Because the best start starts with Jesus. And maybe you're here today, maybe you're joining us wherever you are, and you're realizing, I need to start. I need to lean into who Jesus is and and the love that he has for me, and I need to start my journey with him. And here at Crossroads, that's a really important decision. That's a really important thing that we focus in on every week. We want everyone to have a chance, no matter who you are, where you are. We want you to have the chance today to, to say yes to Jesus. And I want to close our time together by giving everybody a chance to say yes to Jesus, because that's where the journey starts. So Crossroads, would you stand, wherever you are today, would you stand and join me in this moment? Because I believe that there are people that are with us today that, that need to say yes, that need to start their journey with Jesus for the first time. I love what it says in Romans ten nine. If if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, I need you. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. There is power in the name of Jesus. We've been singing this song. He is the same God, the God of all those who went before us. He's, he's our God. He is that God today. He is faithful. He loves you with an extravagant love. He is the God who will forgive you. As far as the east is from the west, that is how far he will separate your sin from you. And so if, if you're just saying, I need Jesus today, I want my journey to begin. I invite you to join all of us in saying this prayer together. Let's pray this now. Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the Savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. Can we give him the praise? Can we give him the glory? There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. And I want to invite you today, if you're here in this room, you said yes to Jesus for the first time, please come forward at the end. Talk to Stu is over here. Michelle is over here. We want to meet you. We want to celebrate with you because we believe that Jesus changes everything. We're getting excited to celebrate that on Easter Sunday. You guys, we already have more people signed up to get baptized on Easter than any Sunday in in the history of Crossroads. It's already happening. It's already happening. God is working. God is moving. We're going to be celebrating changed lives. That's what it's all about. And I want to challenge you today. Guys, consistency, it matters. It wins the day. Think about the God that we serve. He's the same God today, same yesterday, today, and forever. You talk about the ultimate picture of consistency. He is the same God. And he's calling us to be consistent in our walk with him, to to lean in, to be disciplined, to to do the difficult things. I just want to challenge you step by step. You guys, be intentional. Listen to me. Can we just take a, a quick turn here? If there's someone in your life who you're thinking right now, someone in your life that you've looked up to for a long time who's just been consistent, who's set a great example for you to follow, can we have just a simple action step today? When you leave today, will you shoot that person a text, give them a call, Thank them for the example that they set for you of consistency because, man, that's what it's all about. If that person has impacted you, let them know that today. Now, the challenge is be that person to someone else. That journey starts today. It's not flashy. It's not this amazing moment. Well, oh, everybody sees this. No, it's invisible. It's invisible today, but it'll be extraordinarily visible in, in the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come. Lean in to the calling that God's placed on your life. Lean into the pain of discipline. Can I pray over you today? Jesus, I thank you today for who you are and for the incredible love that you have for us. God, you leaned into the difficult things. I'm thinking about you, Jesus, when you're at the Garden of Gethsemane and you know you're about to... To take on the punishment and the pain of the cross you're about to do that and that's not something that's enjoyable that is the, the worst type of pain it's the deepest kind of suffering you knew you were about to take that on and Jesus you leaned into that moment that's the kind of committed love that you have for us those are the difficult things you were willing to do for us and God I'm just praying that you would help us to, to have the courage and the wisdom God, the commitment and the confidence to to lean into these moments where step by step, day by day, we could just lean in and commit to being consistent. God, help us be holy. God, help us to stay humble. God, help us to be honest. If there's anything in our lives, is there any way in me, God, that needs to be laid down and surrendered to you? God, don't let that persist in my life. God, help us to be consistent. Help us to pursue you. Help us to give you everything we've got every day, day in, day out. God, help us to live into the calling that you've placed in our lives. God, we can't wait to see what you're gonna do. I can't wait to see your power unleashed when we make this commitment, God, just to follow you. And so God, we love you today. We give this all to you and we praise you. We ask that you give us the power and the strength to keep moving forward. So we love you and we praise you. We pray this in your name, amen.